everyone and welcome back to the SBK betting podcast. Uh, we're looking towards uh, the second weekend in October, very much the tail end of the flat season, the beginning of the national hunt season for some cracking racing this weekend. And I'm really pleased to say we're coming off the back of what was an epic weekend, not only for horse racing in general, but also for this podcast, uh, the pre de Triomphe. Uh, lived up to all the expectations and uh, we we did go through the, the race with a fine tooth comb and I'm delighted to say that Ross and I managed to find Alpinista which was well, she did go our favourite in the end but she wasn't always likely and she was weak enough um, in the days the week beforehand but she, my goodness she was good and she beat uh, Tom's selection for Dany who was very gallant in second and Bar that, another good weekend for the pod and the fact that TC's now beat Ross's. So all in all, a good old week. Um, Tom, I'll come to you first because gutting for Verdini, but wonderful effort. He definitely stays that trip with the ground and better news, he's going to be in training next year. Yeah, phenomenal news. You like to see longevity with these flat horses. I thought he was given a good ride by Christoph Simeon, much better than the ride he gave the horse on Friday when he barged Ross and Ryan out of the saddle. Um, but Verdini just wasn't good enough. I mean, Alpinista was the best filly on the day. Verdini was further back. He had to make up more ground, but at the same time, he was never going to beat Alpinista. Um, Luxembourg obviously picked up a minor injury, but was a little bit disappointing mm. in the race, probably because of that injury. Um, I thought it was a really good arc, to be fair. Maybe not the quality we've seen in recent years, but fantastic, obviously, for, for this podcast and a good uh, viewer heat as well for the neutral. Good race to watch. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, a, it was a wonderful uh, day's racing, brilliant emotional scenes, I think, the whole of the racing community throughout the world was just thrilled for Sir Mark Prescott and uh, the, in the in the latter stages of his career to, to win a race like that and see true emotion as well, Ross, from a man who's usually very stoic, very English when it comes to these things. But I could sense that even for him, that the the events and and the just overcome with it all, it, it did it did just get to him. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 very rare that we get the fairy tales that sort of trainers deserve, really, isn't it? And um... I think you'd be hard pushed to find a, a neutral that didn't think he was the most deserving uh, trainer to win to win the arc. But uh, yeah, it was it was just great all round, and and he's a real favourite trainer of mine. I I enjoy talking, as you might have noticed, and I enjoy very much listening to his stories that pop up from time to time on uh, on Twitter. He tells a good story and just a, a a proper throwback, but has stayed relevant with the game. You know, um, trained the dam and the grand dam. Um, it's uh, a super story all round, really, and I, and I think she's a very progressive mare. Yeah, I hope it doesn't end there. I really hope they go to the Japan Cup, um, if only just uh, for for the for Kirsten Rousing and for Smart Prescott to to go back where they where they missed out taking the Grand Dam um, all those years ago. Um, anyway, that was the Prelude Triumph. That was the weekend that was um, in good form. Um, we might have been that weekend. We want to keep it going. And as I said, it's the last of the. Coming to the last of the Group One action on the flats, um, the Dewhurst Stakes is one of the the, the real tr- uh, crowning jewel in the juvenile calendar uh, for the Colts. Um, and I'll quickly just take you through the, the runners that we've got. Nostrum um, is looking to remain unbeaten. He's seven to four favourite for Sir Michael Stout and Richard Kingscote. Naval Power for the Godolphin team, nine to two, also looking to remain unbeaten. Chardine, uh, the second runner for uh, Judmont is um, in there at 8-2. to two. 
Asok Stables is 10 to 1, um, Isaac Shelby 14 to 1, Royal Scotsman 21, Marvan 25 to 1. The notable uh, non runner after uh, having a, a dirty scope was Sakir for uh, the Rogervarian team. So that's a shame. But regardless, we still do have a quality lineup. And um, it is Nostrum who rightly should be head of the market. Tom, I'll come to you first because. Based on official ratings, I know you like to play with RPRs, but official ratings, he's uh, 112, which is three pounds lower than um, essentially the, the, from the same ownership, Chaldine. So why is that Nostrum heads this betting? I think there are numerous reasons. Uh, firstly, I do think he should be favourite, and I think he'll probably go off around 11 to 8. I know he's slightly bigger now, um, but I think there'll be some support on the day. Um, but he's shown a lot in just two career starts. He's shown tactical speed tactical versatility he could race towards the pace he can also be held up and also he's just shown an abundance of talent i mean last time out he was super impressive albeit in a small field we can't forget that he's trained by Sir michael stout and Sir michael stout's horses aren't always uh, ready to go first or second time up so there's probably potential improvement to come from nostrum as well and therefore albeit he isn't the top rated at the moment i think he's probably shown enough to prove that right now he probably is the best horse in the race he's going to be a relatively short price i think that's justified but i know one of one or two of you are going to put nostrum up so i had to go elsewhere uh, so i'm going to put up a, a horse called aesop's fable for uh, aiden o'brien now Aiden O'Brien has won this race five times in the last nine years. He's really dominated. And albeit this heat, he doesn't really have that many good two-year-olds around. Obviously, Little Big Bear uh, isn't running here. Um, I, I think Aesop's Fable has been a little bit underrated. I think he's shown a good level of ability so far. First time up, he showed good professionalism. Much like Sir Michael Stout, Aiden O'Brien's uh, two-year-olds don't always win first time. But Aesop's Fable showed plenty of um, ability, ability and raw talent that day. Then next time he proved that he stayed over seven furlongs really nicely, picked up two front runners with a good late burst in the final 100 yards. Now, last time out, you have to forgive his uh, his defeat. He ran pretty poorly given his price. But at the same time, it was just his third career start. He was returning quick after um, running second time out. And also it came on soft ground and he was ridden really aggressively. I think there were two reasons there, the, the ground and the tactics, as to why he may have underperformed. I think that race was pretty hot as well, the national stakes. So maybe if uh, Aesop's Fables is ridden a little bit more cold in behind the speed, I imagine Chaldean will go forward, then he can produce a much better effort and he could put it up to Nostrum. Yeah, he's a, he's a horse that went into that, that race of the Cairo and it was terrible, terrible conditions as a short, short price favourite and just couldn't couldn't uh, justify it at all. Um, whether the ground might have tested his stamina um, is the is the question mark. Obviously, this is the seven furlongs. Um, Aesop Fables, um, he is proven over it, but it's just whether... I always find it's intriguing, the Irish form uh, and the English juvenile form when they can't match up and, and what to make of either of them. Um, obviously, from a betting perspective, Ross, um, it's the, the British horses that, that lead the way. From a breeding perspective, quickly, obviously, you've got... Two lovely bred um, Jubmont horses, Kingman Nostrum, looks to me more of the like Myler in the in time. Sheldon's got a bit of speed influence from the dam side. Both taking this seven furlongs, both being proven over seven furlongs. Do you think stamina will be a key, and one could just outstay the other? And, and is that is that uh, merited for your selection? Uh, it 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 was, and it should be Jess. Um, I actually think Nostrum has got a bit more speed than Sheldon, even though the the breeding would suggest it's perhaps the other way around. Chaldean, I thought, was really impressive last time, but I thought the soft ground on the seven furlongs pulled out his his stamina. Um, Ryan Moore rode in the time before and suggested that a step up to Omar would see him in better effect, and I can certainly see that. 
I think Chaldean's overpriced. Um, and, and I do often quite like to go for ones that I think are overpriced. But I just love Nostrum. I love what he did last time. I mean, TC's hit on pretty much all of it, really. He's so professional. He's so straightforward. He's doing what he's doing. And you know he's not going to have had the uh, buttons fully pressed at home. There's plenty more to come. I was quite surprised that, you know, I know Sir Michael Stout said after his uh, win in the Tassel Stakes that he'd like to run him again. I straight away thought, no, nah, there's no chance that they'll wrap him up and they'll they'll put him away. Just 16 days later, he's bringing him out again. Suggests that that Tassel Stakes run took very little out of him. Um, of course, you're not going to know until he gets on the track. And 16-day and turnaround is a bit of a negative for me, but I just love the horse. I think he's doing everything so easy, does everything right. Um, I think Charlie, you know, take a bit of passing. I think he's a, t a tough horse. Um, and the uh, man for the catch ride at the moment, Frankie Dottori, will, I'm sure, set a, a good tempo. But I could just see Nostrum just being a bit too classy for him, really, and, and, and picking him up. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more. I also think the form is the best on offer. Um, Holloway Boy's no slouch at all. He's actually running in the autumn stakes on Saturday over the mile. Um, and beating him the way he did so impressively, uh, I think, is, is it stands with good credit compared to some of the others. Um, and yeah, physically, he's so exciting. Um, it'd be great to see in the flesh. He looks like he's going to be better next year. And I always think it's, uh, it's very interesting when Ryan Moore makes a point to take an interview <laughs> he doesn't do it that often and he did an interview with Lily Hislop after he won at Sandown um and I've tried plenty of times to get around more for an interview he always says no um he wanted to talk about Nostrum and uh, he was I think he might have been some Michael Stout's first two-year-old winner this year and he's he's obviously was he's been way forward than the others but still has got plenty to give so Exciting and Richard Kingscote's opportunity um, now that Ryan Moore is on the Bally Door Horse. Before we move on, because I am with Ross with, with Nostrum, Naval Power, we can't forget him. Um, we, we sort of skip past him and obviously he's in there um, as the Godolphin runner. Um, they've had a really good handle on this division, Tom, all season. Um, Charlie Appleby, obviously he won this race with Nata Trail and Pinatubu. Um, why with Naval Power's experience, especially his He's run plenty of times. Has done nothing wrong. Um, why? Why shouldn't he should be? Why shouldn't he be considered? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Uh, last week's pod, we got a couple of comments that we didn't consider title holder as one of the players. Now, I think we probably would have got a couple more comments this time around if we didn't consider Naval Power, because as you mm -hmm. say, he's got a good level of form to his name. He's highly rated. He represents Charlie Appleby, who's just dominated this division and basically the UK flat scene for the last couple of years. Um, I think he's more of a relentless grinder than a quickener. And in a race like the Dewhurst, I think you need that turn of foot, that instant turn of foot when, when asked. When that pace quickens, you need to go ahead and, and be quicker than the rest. And I don't necessarily think that Naval Power has that in his arsenal. Uh, maybe he's better over a mile than the seven furlongs as well. But look, he's definitely a leading player. You can never write off a, a horse with those form figures that represents Charlie Appleby at mm. two. Um, but yeah, I think there are better options in this race, especially from a value perspective. Yeah, it does make me think, you know, Nostrum is now also proven on this track and it is not the easiest to track materials with that dip. Um, to make sure no one makes any other comments, I think probably fair to say Isaac Shelby's form isn't there, has been off for a long while. Uh, Marban was very disappointing behind Asop's Fables at the current Royal Scotsman's got a bit to prove as well. Yeah, I completely agree. They, 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 they've spoken a lot about Royal Scotsman having bags of speed, haven't they? I, I think they're coming here because they missed the previous target and they 
they want to give him a run. I, th- I, I, I see him much more as a six furlong horse. Yeah, they, yeah, and it's look, it's a Group One race. You've got to give it a go, and I think a lot of trainers want to just test to see if the horse potentially could be a Guinea's horse next year or a Commonwealth Cup. That's where it gets to. Anyway, that is the Geo Stakes. So Ross and I very much in support of Nostrum, and uh, for Tom, it's uh, the Ballydore horse Asops Fables, um, who I think I mentioned was is ten to one, and Nostrum currently seven to four. Okay, that's the Dewhurst Stakes at three o'clock on Saturday. Um, next up, we're going to look at the Cesarewich Handicap. Can't believe a year since uh, Tom and I battled this one out. Um, pleasingly, it went the way of bars against uh, Burning Victory. Um, that was a big feel. I think it was 32 runners, maybe. Spot on. Twenty-three runners um, have li- are lining up this year. Um, got to say, massive thoughts with the David Pipe team of the last of their star Dagio, who's due to run in this race. Heartbreaking for connections that he suffered a fatal heart attack this morning. Um, so he's not in, obviously, in this race. It's um, it's withered away this field um, massively, and it's disappointing for such a big prize fund. Um, and just the history of the race as well. Normally, we see a bucket load of horses from Willie Mullins. Um, the best of the bunch is the 90-rated Scaramanga, uh, who used to be in the care of Paul Nichols. We've got Gibraltar mm-hmm. in there as well, got an official rating of 84, a UK rating, that is, um, and also Baby Zoo. So from a Willie Mullins perspective, he loves to take this on. He doesn't even send over his best. Um, but Nicky Henderson has got a horse with no name who for a long time has been essentially plotted out for this race. And he said to me, he's done the buzz route. He's, well, given her a little bit of extra time to get her back and ready and fit. Um, and she deserves to be at the top of the market, I think, at 6-1. to one. Joy favourite with Charles Burns' run for Oscar. Scaramanga then 14-1. to one. Evaluation 16s with Joe Brolter, HMS President, and 20-1 to one bar those, um, which we'll go into depending on selections um first of all ross the shape of the race it's a disappointing weak field or am i being harsh i think it's i think it's competitive enough but where are they all you know and you've got trainers that are not going to go and run quite rightly in my mind on good to firm ground now national hunt horses surely if you're an owner you're saying you know if you've got a horse that's half decent over two miles over hurdles why is it not in here you know, there's good prize money down the field. Um, yeah, I, I do sometimes despair at, you know, trainers can throw their arms up in the air and say the prize money this, the prize money that. Well, there's good prize money here and you're not racing for it, chaps. So, yeah, it, it is disappointing from a from that point of view. Um, more disappointing that, you know, poor Adagio lost this morning. Um, and I have to admit, I had to rip my homework up and, and, and start again because I was quite quite keen on him from a, from a way out because he was a real tough performer. But um, I think Scaramanga is interesting um, purely because Willie Bullins is just such a such a genius, and he he has taken a few horses from Paul Nichols and 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 improved on them um, for whatever whatever fact Scaramanga was well beaten in this last year. But I think probably Mullins has a better uh, ability to take horses uh, onto the flat from the National Hunt than, than Nichols has. But you are simply putting all your faith in in Willie Mullins. Um, so the the one I came down and I thought a horse in her name had outstanding credentials, really. Um, it's pretty unoriginal putting up a favourite, but I thought she stayed on really powerfully um, at York, uh, beating Master Milner, who was 
been in really good form himself and they pulled a long way clear of the third um she she scooted clear in the closing stages suggests an extra couple of furlongs is going to suit her um and she looked like that a lot of the times over over hurdles as well you know especially when finishing second in the dawn run she came from quite a long way back and really flew up the hill at cheltenham um i think she's going to have the ability and the gears to to travel where she wants to travel i think she'll see it out really well um and uh Ryan Moore is 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 not a bad jockey booking at all, and I think the fact that he's been pretty keen to ride her from some way out when he could have been on a, on a Mullins contender um, is mm. a is a nod in itself. Yeah, he's obviously been associated with her on the flat the last two runs. She was gifted a mark of eighty um, on the flat, wasn't she? She's now a mark of ninety six, so she's up ten pounds since that last run. With, with this and you know ratings and, and, and what you've got, she's now got nine so three um, in a race where you've really got to stay. Is that something you, you think about, concerned with, or you, do you think she's still well handicapped? No, I, I, I think she's still well handicapped because I think she's better than her hurdle rating that she's got as well. Um, and so I, I simply looked at horses that I think, you know, I wouldn't be all that keen on taking two mile hurdlers and thinking they'll stay two miles on the flat I think you need to stay a bit further than two miles over hurdles to stay two miles on the flat I think she definitely will stay two and a half over hurdles this year um so no, it was her it was her stamina that that pulled me in and a mark of 96 of course was the mark that Buzz ran off last year wasn't it it certainly was yeah and he went up another 10 pounds afterwards by winning because he showed that he could really stay and I think that's crucial um one thing I was worried about when I saw Buzz's draw he came out of straw six but actually didn't seem to bother him she's got a straw 17 I think historically and maybe Tom being, being a stat man they'll throw it to you but the draw has been uh a a, a question mark you don't want to be out too wide you want a nice uh good position um early on may, may, basically the shortest route round but We've just seen so many differing um, places re recently and, and Buzz's win sort of threw that out the window. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily definitive, um, though I would say mid to high is where you want to be. Um, but we have seen in the last 10 years that a low draw isn't necessarily uh, a massive disadvantage. As you say, Buzz came, Buzz came out of six, big easy. Uh, back in 2014, came out of two and aimed to prosper. Back in 2012, uh, came out of stall one. So I don't think it's necessarily a, a must-have. Um, there is a race, actually, that I'll come to a bit later for my place play that I think is a must-have uh, for a draw. But yeah, in this race, I think you could be drawn anywhere and still win, Jess. Okay, so from that perspective and looking at it as well, I think I've seen plenty of stats about the amount of National Hunt trainers who won this race. Obviously, Huey Morris is in there and he's a very good dual purpose sort, but you only need to look at um, the last, I think, 10 years. I think it's Roger Charlton who's the only, and I'm just looking at it now, Mark Johnson, uh, the only two genuine flat, flat trainers um, that have won this race. And it's dominated by jumps trainers as well. So is that where you've, where you've looked? Yeah, it definitely is. Before we touch on my selection, I just want to say last year, I could not have fancied burning victory more. I mean, <laughs> if you watch this podcast last year, we'd have seen, you'd have seen me and Jess uh, have a fight off here, but bloody Buzz came and beat burning victory in the last hundred yards. I love Buzz, by the way. Can't wait to see him come out again. Uh, but hopefully we go one better this year. And it's a horse I absolutely love in this race, which is run for Oscar. There is no man in the game better at getting a horse into a big field handicap off a good mark than Charles Burns. He trains run for Oscar. Back in 2020, he mentioned this horse could be running in a big field handicap on the flat. 
we're now late 2022 and this is his first big field handicap on the flat. I think this has been a long-term project. He qualified for this race by winning a Sunday series handicap at Haydock a couple of weeks ago. That gave him a £9 rise and therefore made him eligible to finally to fit into this final field. He's running off a good weight with just 8 stone 11 on his back. Great jockey booking as well. I really like Run for Oscar in here. David Egan, it could be another big success for him in a year where actually David Egan, I think he's going to post a, a new career best tally. So I'm all over this horse. I think he's supremely well handicapped off a mark of 90. His jumps rating is 144. Um, I think Charles Burns has worked a miracle here with Run for Oscar. And I'd be surprised if he doesn't go off 4-1 to favourite. Wow, big, big confidence behind Ron for Oscar. Obviously, a horse that's done a lot of good running over hurdles as well. And I'm just looking through, you know, one uh, handicap hurdle for Mark of 133 back in September 21. They've obviously given a lot of time. Maybe they've been waiting for him. Maybe they've been plotting this out. Do you think that, you know, Charles Burns is kind of sort of known for that, as you say? Yeah, they're definitely plotting a route to this race, but also he needs good ground. Um, the weather forecast mm. looks perfectly fine. I think there is some rain due on Friday, but it's not too much. Uh, the ground is currently described as good and Saturday looks clear. So I think he's going to get ideal conditions. As you say, they've probably almost certainly targeted this race and mm. I don't really see a negative for him. Well, you, yeah, I think a lot of what's, what happens now is Sarah, you've got to plot backwards. And I think to Ross's point earlier about you know, where are they? This race is an early closing entry, so you've got to really be thinking about it in the summer. And I'd imagine uh, that's exactly what's happened with the horse of their name and one for Oscar. Hence why they're six one joint favourites, which is not the most inspiring. But I don't think this race is, sadly, um, perhaps just because I, I'm used to seeing sort of bigger names, big, bigger, higher rated horses um, as well. And some of these are sort of have been through the mill a little bit and I just feel like they might have had their their golden days um but we uh the the, the two um lead protagonists are also fancied by Tom and Ross I'm gonna put up and I found this tricky to find something because I wanted to find something at a price um that perhaps would be more for something that would a uh, place there anyway and that's Vino Victrix who is 20 to 1 for Huey Morrison who's won this race in the past a horse that I wouldn't have expected to be um, putting up for the Cesarich early on in the season. It's got some good form, actually ties in a little bit with um, a horse with no name through a form line with Master Milliner. Um, has improved with um, racing, especially returning to the flat, uh, um, returning to the turf, uh, where he beat Malacana last time out. That was a good while ago, 43 days. Uh, Benoit de la Sayette was on board. Malacana has since gone out and won, won well Ascot last week. Um, and I just think that they're potentially well weighted, and I like the, I like that they've got the jockey back on board. Um, so Vino Victrix possibly wanted a bit more rain, um, which I don't think we're going to get. I don't think it's going to get any worse than good. So that's the Cesarowicz. Um, it's uh, lining up at three forty on Saturday, and um, the big two mile two furlong uh, contest. And we'll see if we can find uh, a winner after getting the one two in it last year. Um, Okay, that's that for our main races. We've got time to look through our bet of the week. And as we said at the top of the show, we have good quality jumps action back, which I'm sure is um, the delight of Ross Miller. I would be surprised if it's not, we haven't found someone that's a tip from somewhere over the sticks. Or potentially, from my opinion, a lot of these horses have got bigger plans come the end, end of the season. So how you even know what's uh, right, cherry right for now, I don't know. But I'll head to you first, Ross, and, and see where you, where you, what you found. Yeah, you're quite right, Jess. Have your, note, <laughs> have, have your notepad and your rewind button 
<laughs> ready to go for the jumps. There'll be plenty of clues this weekend, but it's not for me to go jumping in this this early in the season. I like to watch and and try and learn. And I think you're right. I think there's plenty running this weekend at Chepstow in particular that have got one eye on, you know, possibly next month's Cheltenham meeting, et cetera, et cetera. So for my nap, uh, and you guys, what have you guys done to me? I've gone to gone to Newmarket, the 1350, wow. the Zetland Stakes, uh, the Charlie Appleby train, flying honours. Um, it was sort of argued that he was a bit disappointing last time when beaten by the Foxes um, in the Royal Lodge. But the Foxes is, is very well thought of uh, down at Andrew Balding's yard. It was no surprise that, that he won that race. Um, and uh, flying on us was sort of positioned out wide in the hustle and bustle. And the Foxes got a lovely slingshot run down the rail um, and did them all for a bit of speed, actually. Um, prior to that, he absolutely slammed a horse of Andrew Balding's called Stormbuster um, at Salisbury. Quite a stiff track. Stormbuster has since come out and won by about five lengths himself. This step up in trip here is going to really suit flying on us. There's stacks of uh, stamina on the on the uh, pedigree. Full brother was a winner over a mile and six. He's going to relish this test. And I think he's he's a short price favourite, but he's going to take some beating. Yeah, I think it right, right about five to four. Um, and yeah, it could be a good day for the, the, the Charlie Appleby team um, with more two-year-olds. Um, so that's flying on us in the 150 at Newmarket. Um, Tom, where have you gone? Yeah, back to Newmarket, 35 minutes later for the autumn stakes, the 2.25, and a horse I like here called Epictatus. Now, John Godston last won the autumn stakes back in 1994 with Presenting, who was ridden by Frankie Latore. Frankie's only won the race once since. However, I expect them to end their drought this time around with Epictatus, who's won from one in his career. That victory came at Newmarket on the July course. The second in that race, Ledman, finished second in his subsequent start and is sure to be rated in the 90s when he gets a mark. Third home was Desert Order, who won the Convivial Maiden at York's Ebor Festival and is, going to, and is rated 92. The fourth home, great link here, is Ross's nap, which is flying honours, who has won twice since, and Ross fancy him to win on Saturday. The fifth one since, the sixth has won since. The form looks exceptional. John Godson's horse has improved. John Thady Godson's horse has improved so far this year. So with a step up and trip, I think Epictatus wins the Autumn Stakes. Right. Wow. Very uh, confident as well. I love the breeding of this horse. I think it's a... I think that's the one that's out of Thistlebird, so related to Jumbly and the likes. But um, interesting race, that Autumn Stakes. And I think you can get around about five to two. Frankie Tutori is on board. Um, well, we might nearly go through the whole card at Newmarket because I'm going to the 520 um, because it's the uh, Darley Stakes, one more, one furlong, sees the return of Alphalia, who I just thought was mighty impressive for Owen Burrows at York at the Ebor Festival. One of on the final day, beating Finer Sound, who's no slouch, and um, went on around a good race uh, behind um, at Woodbine uh, behind Modern Games, where he was third. Um, also um, was a winner at Pontefract in the uh, Pontefract Stakes behind Marie's Diamond and had Modern News behind him that time. So all the form is there for the taking. And I just think Alphalia is improving like a lot of Owen Byron's horses have done. I was really taken by Amnart the other day as well. I just love, love him as a trainer, Owen Burrows. So I think Alphalia can continue on his good trajectory in the Darley Stakes at 520 um, at Newmarket. Right, well, potentially we could have, an, have a place play as well at Newmarket to make this a really rounded podcast um, as SBK has placed any odds on all races so ross have you done it you keeping this going well 
I've gone back to the Cesarowitz, Jess. So we've obviously already found oh, the forecast sorry. in the in the main <laughs> review. Um, I I do think the Eve Johnson Houghton trained HMS president is the ideal type for a place bet because he finds it devilishly hard to win. And he's a bit of a monkey, holds his head a bit awkwardly. He hangs, but he's got bags of ability. Um, he's looked to me the last couple of times like he'll stay a bit further than the mile six he's been racing over. I think two mile two, smuggled into the race by Georgia Dobby. I think if it comes into a into a tussle, he'll find a way of getting beat, but he might still well hit the frame. And at about 20 to one, I think he's worth a, a small investment. Yeah, I was there in Newmarket when he when he ran 24 hours apart from each other and ran really well. So he's, he's clearly a horse that thrives in his racing, um, as I say, a plenty of twos for his name. So it's HMS president for place play in the Cesarewitch and for TC. Yeah, we're going to York for the Sprint Trophy, the 3.15. Uh, it's a perfect race for a place play, and I like Potmaster. This is the race I was talking about earlier where you want to be drawn in a specific location, and that's low. You want to be furthest away from the standside rail. Uh, the ground tends to be much better this time of year at York. Since 2013, eight of the last nine winners of this race have been drawn in single-figure draws. Potmaster's drawn in eight. I think it's a very good spot. And last year, he was drawn low as well. He eventually finished seventh in that race, um, but he had terrible traffic issues throughout. Now he's £2 lower. He gets Tom Arcand on board. I think there's a lot of positives for Potmaster in the 3.15 at York, the sprint trophy. Yeah, I, I saw you put this up. I, I kind of, it made me smile because I was thinking about this. He's a bit of a cliff horse, is Potmaster. Yeah. He, he's a horse that ha will have his day. But the amount of times I think you could back him every time he runs in the Stewards Cup and he's still always going to run <laughs> somewhere mid-division. He was a bit dis disappointing last time, but he will find his moment in the sunshine, so perhaps it will be. He does need to beat my selection, though, which is last minute. He's sadly not drawn right at all. Um, so he's drawn in 21, so maybe it's the year to dispel the stat. Um, but I do think this horse, who is very talented over in Ireland for Aidan McGuinness, um, had, had a very poor start to the season, dropped down the handicap, and then suddenly started running better again. Um, I don't know if it's the time of year or it's just, it is mainly the fact that he's dropped down a bit. He's now for a, a mark of 92, which is the same rating he had when he ran, he ran really well in a big Premier Handicap at the Curra uh, last time out. Interesting that they send him over with Ronan Whelan on board, just as another horse that has got plenty of bags of potential, bags of ability in this kind of big field, but is drawn badly. So that is why he is a double-figure price. So those are the place plays, the best of the week. Um, all that leaves us now is with Tom's stat attack. Yeah, I think we're three out of four in the last four weeks with stat attack. So we're going nicely. Um, this stat attack is relating to a trainer, James Horton, in his first season of training. He's three from four at York this year, a 75% strike rate and a one pound level stakes profit of plus mm. 24 pounds. If you follow his runners at York so far, he's only got one runner on Saturday's card. Uh, and that is Sound Pleasure, who goes in the opening mile nursery at 1.30. He's against the horse that I've tipped up twice in this podcast in three Yorkshiremen. Uh, but I'll stick with Sound Pleasure for the stat attack this time around. Oh, three Yorkshiremen. We need a T-shirt <laughs> <laughs> dedicated to him. Um, okay, great. Interesting that on James Horton, another great, um, great new young trainer who, yeah, doesn't overrace his horses, paces them very well. So that's really intriguing. Okay, that's all from us. We've had a good look through the Jew house. We've looked at every horse 
So no complaints that we haven't given that a go. We could have done that for the Cesarewitch, but we would have been here all day. Um, but hopefully we found winners for you regardless. Um, thank you as always for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Tell your friends. We've had winners last week and we hope to have more winners this week. Um, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We've got lots of content, especially from our SBK ambassadors as well. Thanks to, to Tom and to Ross and we will see you next time.